Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. You're listening to Theater and College Hoops. I'm Subi. Alongside me is Taylor Dammel and The Shark. We're brought to you by Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel and the Barnburner Podcast Network. Go subscribe on whichever device you use. Your random college hooper of the week is Alex Ruoff. Alex Ruoff, a former guard for West Virginia, uh, back, I think, during the Deshaun Butler days, maybe even before that. But Alex Ruoff was a key contributor to those Mountaineer teams. Check out the website at thebarnburner.com. That's the-barnburner.com. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at CBB Theater. You should also follow me at Subi232 to find out where the feat is. And make sure to follow Taylor at Taylor Dammel and the shark at the underscore shark underscore BB. Let's open the curtains. Fellas, not many things better than hopping right into the recording studio after a wonderful game that we just witnessed. Creighton, Kansas, went down to the wire. Uh, Creighton loses, and I'm going to blame that on the shark here. So for the theater goer, here's a little context. He, he just kept itching for me to send out the Chris Stapleton, Marcus Zagorowski tweet, which we actually discussed last week uh, on on this show. And if you if you need a friendly reminder, it's the you're as smooth as Tennessee whiskey, but you're as smooth as Marcus Zagorowski. So I wanted to hold off. Marcus Zagorowski had committed. I mean, he had like 12 second half points at this point when the shark texted me, you know, he's just badgering me, tweet it, tweet it, tweet it. So I said, you know, fine. I did it. I I tweeted it. I was a little apprehensive in doing so. And what do you know? Marcus Zagorowski draws the, the foul to go to the line for three and he misses the last one. So this is on you shark that loss. Yeah, I mean, obviously, he didn't execute the way he thought he would. Um, I, I would say that he put himself in a position that was a smooth move to get fouled, so it, it, it fit the fit the actual tune. Uh, and your criticism about me trying to get him, you know, trying to push the tweet out, I, I mean, it's a survive-or-die world out there. you got to be the first to get it. If you're not, <laughs> you have to execute. That was a clever idea. We want that to be traced back to us. Now let's do an alternate reality where Zagorowski goes in and knocks down all three. 
in Lawrence on the road. First ESPN game that they've had in like over a decade for Creighton. Huge win. He makes all three free throws. Everybody starts typing in Zagorowski into the Twitter search box. And all of a sudden you got you with your Stapleton gift, which was good. That's why, you know, I delegated that tweet to you because you're better at that. You're better at the ideas for how to execute social media. I'm an idea guy, not a social media person as you can see if you follow me on twitter i'm i'm all over the place i'm reckless i like to delete tweets left and right so just completely evaporate my history so it can't be traced back to me and that's why i delegated that one to you and it didn't work out obviously we can't delete that tweet right now because we just opened the show with it and uh, i personally wouldn't have done that if i were you don't delete tweets you have to be a man of honor what have i said about this year 2020 year of accountability cannot delete tweets but if there was a silver lining in all of this taylor came in with a very clever uh, add-on to the tweet taylor would you like to tell the theater girl what that was and you got to sing it too oh well did you sing the first part of it though you're a smooth as marcus <laughs> until you miss one from the line yeah. <laughs> no uh, that was probably the only thing that i uh, will come up with uh, that would have been even close to that. Actually, if he would have made that, I don't know if I would have had any content to provide there. I guess until you make all three, you know, especially when you make all three from the line, um, maybe would have been the line. But I mean, uh, if he did, we're we're going viral. I mean, let's be honest. If he made all three of those, that was an opportunity. We we were we put our line in the sand. We were out there. All right, we were the only Zegarowski smooth tweet in that market <laughs> if he made that free throw in which he's like a 90 percent free throw shooter yeah. so i liked our odds all right i'm trying to get get us to the top here should Let's we be more mad at, should we be more upset at zagorowski than for missing that third one because there's no one you're right there is no one who is going to put together marcus zagorowski and chris stapleton right no. i mean i i was a little bit nervous when they were showing his mother with her with her head in her hands leading into that third free throw. She's, she knew something we didn't. Like, you know, maybe this guy, he's not built for uh, the big moments. He's someone that can blend in in Omaha, Nebraska, and for losers that like follow college basketball to get really excited about like us. But once it's the big stage, once you're doing it on uh, ESPN on a Tuesday night, uh, maybe she knew something we didn't. So I want to give, give Shark a little uh, bit of shit here, though, because I have a very strict personal policy of not liking tweets and only retweeting tweets. If you go to my Twitter right now, I have zero liked tweets in my, like, 12-year Twitter history. I feel like... You haven't scary. liked anything? Really? No, I think it's very, uh, like, uh, I don't, maybe not presidential, but it's very politician of me. Nobody's going to go back and find a bunch of shit that I liked, like, eight years ago about some, on some dumb shit. So I think I've, I have... I, have I see that. I have a strict no liking tweets policy. So that I, I'm glad you brought that up because I've been criticized for deleting tweets, which I will delete tweets. And my response is the exact opposite of what you're trying to say. <laughs> what am I running for office here? Like <laughs> I'm a guy tweeting about college basketball and the Washington football team. All right. I'm going to send off tweets in the moment. I'm a fiery guy. I, I respond emotionally. And if they come back to bite me in the butt, I'll delete the tweet. It never happened. It's not like there's only 150 people following me. Anyway. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's why we got the screenshot feature. But I mean, can't can't people go back and look at at your retweets, Taylor? Well, yeah, but usually, you know, you are retweeting. I guess you're not retweeting as much as you're liking. So you're taking a little more effort into saying, "Is this funny enough for me to retweet?" We're liking. You could just start firing off likes, and then all of a sudden, you may have liked something you didn't mean to. As we've seen by every athlete and like public figure of all time. So obviously. When we reach, uh, you know, 
the pinnacle of the college basketball podcast world. I don't want anyone to come back and be like, wow, remember when Taylor said something or, or liked something poor like 10 years ago or whatever. I just yeah. don't understand. You and I, I don't think Nap was there or Shark was there for uh, the one of the episodes that we did, but uh, about the advice we would give to college freshmen, especially star college freshman basketball players. And that is just delete your Twitter and social media and anything and just start afresh. Yeah, you 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 have to start fresh. Even a guy like Dante DiVincenzo, who I don't think was a complete stud coming out of high school. I mean, he he certainly no one had thought of him to be a potential Final Four MOP, which he was. And then, of course, after that, some of his old tweets got dug up. But uh, that's talking that's talking Twitter right there. And a tough loss for Creighton. I picked them to beat Kansas, but I love I love those Jays, man. I love those Blue Jays. Greggy McDermott patrolling the sideline he reminds me a lot of uh you guys remember that hey arnold episode pass the ball to tucker uh just no no you know who he reminds me of not bad head coach he reminds me of big bob pataki that's who greg mcdermott is but i like this jays team man and kansas has had some close games uh they obviously have a loss already on the resume so i'm loving these these creighton this creighton team well, let me hop in real quick because I did, or within the past week, I identified my two teams, just like Oregon and Seton Hall last year, and Creighton happens to be one of my two teams. They're tougher than a three-point sharpshooting finesse team that they uh, were built, uh, you know, Doug McDermott, all that uh, off in the past. I mean, having having Zagorowski, who is smooth uh, on the first two free throws, but then also um, that guy Mahoney, who was taking all their tough shots at the end of the game. I think he was a transfer. I mean, he's a gunner taking some horrible shots and they were going in, but that guy's tough. He can get to the rim and get a shot off when he wants it. And also you got uh, Blaylock, Balak, whatever his name is, that can knock down a bunch of threes. I always call him Blaylock and I know that's wrong. I'm just telling you. And I also want to use this point right now. I am going to be not talking as much during this uh, episode from here on out because Tennessee has had their lead pretty much entirely evaporated and I'm watching that game. So that's probably a first for a podcast where one of the guys tells you that he's uh, going to be kind of half paying attention the rest of the way, but I'll be here just, you know, I'll, I'll be coming off the bench. Well, no wonder I get shit for talking so much. Shark comes on here and just says, Hey, we're going to record a podcast that I don't talk on. Oh, okay, so, cool. So first time for for I'm I'm gonna be here. I'm gonna pipe in. You know, I'm gonna be like uh, Brian Greasy on a Monday night. You know, I'll just say something every six minutes or something. Six minutes is generous. I'm pretty sure they went the first like twenty without him saying one word. But uh, okay, I mean, you that was another thing. You can't delete text, which is a good thing because you had sent us a text saying I think just seventeen to two, which was the start for the for the Vols. Santiago Viscovi though having a great hair day. A lot of Omri Caspi in Santiago. Vis- Scoby just looks wise. I don't think they play a similar game. They might. I don't know. But who was the? I tweeted this, but who was the blonde Uruguayan guy on their soccer team that lit it up in the World Cup? Oh, he had the blonde hair. Diego Forlan. That's right. Viscovi's got, he doesn't have it. It's just blonde. I mean, that's the only similarity between those two. And they're both Uruguayan as well. So, yeah, but I'm not trying to make a, a comparison with Diego. No, Forlan. I did. I, 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 did. Okay. Yeah, I did. <laughs> All right. I'm I didn't know what the guy's name was. Forlan. Foreskin. Yeah. Yeah, Henri Caspi, Sharp, both have very chiseled jaws, defined jaws, some same facial hair, re- relatively same hair except for the color. All right, let's go ahead and dive into the week that was last Saturday, waking up full of hope for the best game of the year, potentially, one versus two, Gonzaga and Baylor, and then we find out it's canceled. I tweeted this out, but basically the way I was feeling about it 
was that scene in Home Alone 2 when Rob Schneider's sitting outside the limo with Kevin McAllister's very own personal cheese pizza. McAllister goes into the limo and then Tim Curry, there's like this montage. Tim Curry finds out that his credit card is stolen. So he does a smile and then it, 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 it devolves into the Grinch smile. That's, that's, I was Tim Curry in the Grinch, just getting ready for this beautiful game. Uh, and then of course it got canceled. Taylor, I'll go to you first, your initial thoughts, disappointment, what, uh, well, we just lost Taylor shark. I'll have to go to you next. Your initial thoughts, uh, disappointment, anything like that from last Saturday. Probably not the guy to go to on this one. I'll tell you what I was golfing as the, the announcement came out that it was canceled. I mean, I, I this is going to happen. So I, you're going to have, you're going to have precautionary people that want to shut it down so that they can sustain this for a longer period of time. So I don't know who tested positive. It seemed like it was someone from the Gonzaga end, right? And then Baylor was like, all right, we'll, we'll join you. Uh, but yeah, not, not a real pretty lukewarm take here. I was golfing. I was going to hope, hopefully catch the second half. Yeah. So, I mean, it, yeah, it was Gonzaga. I remember a lot of reports were coming out about how some of their players might have COVID and they're still forging on playing these games. Taylor, did you have any thoughts from last Saturday? Yeah, it is. Gonzaga has paused all activities until December 14th. So it is Gonzaga who had, I believe they had two players and two coaches at last, uh, last look there who tested positive or contact tracing or however you want to go about that. But yeah, it was super disappointing. I was putting in firing off bets and parlays and shit, tr- trying to sneak a bunch in before the, that tip off there and then came in as not happening. And really, would have been probably the best sports weekend in a long time, given that, uh, you know, if we would have been able to kind of start the weekend off with a with a top two matchup in college basketball, go throughout all the college football uh, weekend and then get a, a Sunday, Monday, Tuesday of NFL football. That would have really kind of set the stage for a great uh, four or five days of, of sports there. Uh, it still was, but we really didn't find out what we wanted to find out in this week of college basketball. And that is, could someone challenge Gonzaga for the top spot in the country? I I don't think so. I I think they're far and away the best team in the country, but that would have gone miles and miles into determining that for sure. Yeah. I think Baylor having beat Illinois was good enough for me to say, yeah, they can definitely challenge for the number one spot. But to the Sharks point, we we're just used to this at this point. And it's, it's kind of sad. I'm we're desensitized to it. Games being canceled. When I look on the app a year ago, if a game got canceled, something just tragic must have happened usually. But now we're getting games canceled left and right. Michigan, Ohio State, and football got canceled. Everyone's like, yeah, I kind of guess we we thought that was going to happen. Gonzaga, Baylor. Canceled. Canceled, right? You sound like an Ohio State fan right now. Jim Harbaugh saved his job by Michigan having COVID. But continue on. It's college yeah, I mean, you could argue Sean Miller and Kevin Sumlin are saving their their asses with uh, this COVID season as well. But um, no, I mean, I, I just think it's it sucks, really, obviously, because I was still hurt despite the fact that we've been used to these cancellations happening. I was still really hurt that we didn't get one versus two. It's not a one versus five. It's not just a top ten matchup. It is the to- two best teams in the country. And I will also say, I think Gonzaga stayed at number one. Correct. Right, they're still number one in this week's ranking. They both are stayed at one and two. Okay, why are we rewarding Gonzaga? Right, I think that should be a criteria. How many COVID positives do you have? Did you are you solely responsible for ruining this tilt? Baylor should take the top top spot, in my opinion. Just make make Gonzaga forfeit essentially. 
Well, it's, I don't know if it's that. It's just like, hey, we're going to leapfrog you because of COVID. You know, so uh, those are some initial thoughts there. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's you're going to drop people in rankings if they're COVID positive. I mean, I'm saying Baylor should leapfrog them. It's not like I'm saying, I'm not saying oh, like okay. Iowa should leapfrog them. Well, it's not like Gonzaga, Gonzaga already played some games. Like, we're not, that's, that's a dumb idea. So, uh, unfortunately, because of this cancellation, um, we, we essentially get a, a, a one versus two matchup on average about every other year. There have been 43 or would have been the 43rd all-time game between the top two teams in uh, the AP poll. Uh, the last one was Michigan State versus Kentucky in the Champions Classic to start the year two years ago. And even that, as we've talked about the Champions Classic multiple times on this podcast, it's kind of it's kind of a fake one versus two because it's the very first game of the year. So you don't really get that couple weeks in oh these teams have you know really shown themselves so that's what's really disappointing is we don't get this all that often um we don't get top five matchups all that often let alone one versus two so um funny enough uh ucla is the all-time leader in uh games played um in one versus two matchups and they haven't played in one in 40 years so that tells you how like few and far between these teams get to play in, in games like that, especially Baylor and Gonzaga uh, would have been the first for either program. Yeah. Mentioned UCLA. Good for them. Uh, they are now a Jordan brand school worth mentioning there. Uh, let's move on though, to another topic, another game that occurred last Friday, Marquette and Wisconsin, uh, the cheese state matchup there, Marquette beating Wisconsin on a buzzer beater tap in. What do we always say? But in the gut, you got to box out. Boxing out, critical. And I actually think the Wisconsin player did an all right job of boxing out. It was just a hell of a play from the freshman, Justin Lewis. Uh, he scored 18 as well. That shouldn't be overshadowed by this this game winner. I mean, scoring 18 as a freshman, making this play as a freshman, nothing short of incredible there. Uh, and I also want to give a shout-out to DJ Carton. DJ Carton really took over down the stretch for Marquette, the Ohio State transfer. Uh, and then also on the flip side, Demetri Trice. What are you doing? That's some of the worst defense I've ever seen. And you know what? He owned up to it. He said it was a boneheaded play. He said he shouldn't have tried to take a charge with five seconds. And he even said it was a block too, which has kind of really taken the venom and the sting and any sort of potential humor I can put on this because he's completely owned up to it. So I'm a little bit more upset at Demetri Trice for being forthright and owning up to it as opposed to actually taking that block himself. Uh, Shark, any thoughts on this buzzer beater here? Yeah, it's it's Wisconsin basketball coming to bite him in the ass. Where how many times have you seen Brad Davison do that over the years? Where it's just totally unnecessary flops uh, that are flops, and then to do it in this case, it's almost like they, it's been so conditioned in their head by Greg Gard to just uh, try to get turnovers by drawing charges that it just happened at such a dumb time in the game. If try, I mean, Trice played great in that game as well. He he was hitting huge shots left and right. Uh, and I appreciated it. It was refreshing, at least for him to be able to admit it, um, that he made the mistake there. And uh, that's a tough loss. Marquette maybe is, has Marquette lost yet? Uh, I'm not sure. They, yeah, they, they have. They have? Yeah. So they're, they're one of those teams that's a candidate for the Ewing theory where obviously Marcus Howard's gone and maybe everyone, the the rest of the sums get a little bit better and the team plays better without Marcus Howard. Because yes, he put up great stats the previous years, but what did they ever do with it? Uh, but that was an that was an impressive ball game. Wisconsin 
now comes back with URI. I think we're talking about that one later on. Um, on is that yeah tomorrow night? So Wednesday night they'll have that game. So I wouldn't necessarily want to play Wisconsin after losing one like that. So I, how do you feel if you're DJ Carton when you, I guess, kind of you pull a Zegarowski and miss the game tying? Or in this situation, would have been a game winning free throw, but then your boy bails you out and with an unbelievable tip in. I mean. Can, are you allowed to celebrate at an equal level of <laughs> as if you would have made that game-winning free throw? Yeah, I think you're fine to celebrate because he was the one that really took over down well, the stretch and, and well, got not, him in that not, position. Not celebrate, but there's got to be a little bit like that. Oh shit! Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, right? Well, I, mean, I, I think I think maybe yeah. I think maybe the most I don't know, quote unquote, embarrassing part is that he got bailed out by a freshman guy who's never played before, and you're I don't know what what DJ Carton is, but he's got years under his belt. He's played in the Big Ten. He's played in, in big games as well. So I think that would be maybe a, a little something that you need to garnish, sprinkle a little garnish on that moment. You should I mean, be better on that, Taylor. It's a, it's a team, right? Isn't that what uh, Matt LaFleur was talking about with uh, Valdez Scantlin not having a catch and then praising Scantlin for having a key block at the end of it, saying, you know, not doing it. It's all about the team. So you shouldn't feel bad about personal shortcomings or personal failures. If the team executes, then you should be happy. So that's, that's what I'm talking about, where Marquette's probably used to just having Marcus Howard, you know, championing him and saying that he's a great player when the team necessarily suffered. A lot of Wisconsin talk. Marquette, Green Bay, Wisconsin right now. Um, Mar- I didn't even intend to do that. Thank you for that, though. <laughs> yeah, right. um, Marquette's only loss is to Oklahoma State, so not exactly a, a terrible loss either. So they're right there, um, especially given this big win. Wisconsin hasn't really played anybody this year either. You know, I think we all think pretty highly of them, but their game tomorrow will probably be a pretty big uh, uh look into how good they are and same thing with Rhode Island as well to see how good they are this season but uh you know Wisconsin was up to the number four team in the country a classic example of just a team starting high in the rankings because their previous games were against Arkansas Pine Bluff Green Bay and Eastern Illinois uh so it's not like they had were battle tested coming into this game well it was the same team that went on the run and won the Big Ten last year too so sure I mean yeah but I who went, who did the tip in? Did the tip in go over Rivers, Rivers, however you pronounce his last name? Either that's him, so- either him or Micah, Micah Potter. Okay, for 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 it, if it was Rivers, then that's just. I mean, come on, Brian Butch and Ethan Happ would never allow that to happen in a critical spot for the big white center that and Kaminsky. You know, name name any which one right there. That that rebound would never occur. I made the joke that there's so much Nate Jacobs from Euphoria and Christian Braun. There's actually a decent amount of Nate Jacobs in uh, Nate Re- Rivers as well. Got the name, f- similar hairstyles, both very tall. The face, uh, I don't know if he's if he's Nate Nate Jacobs, but keep that in mind for you Euphoria fans. New episode had just dropped as well. Um, but yeah, I think it was Rivers. Uh, I would also say about this game, this is, I mean, Wojo's not on the hot seat for Marquette. But this is a game that will probably unknowingly to him and maybe to some other people uh, extend his time at Marquette because I think it is getting to a point where you're like, okay, you've had enough time. You've had a guy like Marcus Howard. Have they won a, an NCAA tournament game under his under his watch? No, they were a high seed. They got blown out one year by Murray State. Uh, Murray State. And then I also think they lost one of his freshman year top left bracket lower portion of it against um oh 
God, who was that? Yeah, I don't I know, but I need to yeah. start calling you out on this because you always say it's in the top left. You always go to the top left. Well, well thanks for the follow-up because when they lost to Murray State, that was bottom left. So how about that? 5-12 seed. Okay, thank you. Uh, but I do think this this helps unknowingly uh, to a lot of people, even the administration. This helps uh, Wojo's case because – South Carolina, Cinderace Thornwell, South Carolina, top left. Final 14. Final That's right. 14. Yeah, there you go. Got it. Uh, so this is a good win for Wojo. He needs to build on it, though. I mean, you, you beat your interstate rival – that's huge on an emotional win. You got to build on it though, if you're Wojo and actually win a tournament game here. I think, I think you're underselling how important this is in the state of Wisconsin, not to over Wisconsin, this podcast, but Wisconsin is, is nobody's, nobody's kids get celebrated when going to Marquette in Wisconsin. If you grow up in Wisconsin, everybody wants you to go to, to Madison. So if you beat Wisconsin at any sport, but especially basketball, given recent times, that, resonates extremely you know highly with the people of wisconsin i, I think you're under is that true it is oh it's we've had this exact true. same conversation like two weeks ago but like al mcguire like marquette's got a great no. program they've done very well people like the deaner boys the deaners couldn't get a probably throw Dwayne wade in there at some no we well, well i'm just talking about like w- why weren't deaners able to play at mark uh, at wisconsin so yeah. we've had this discussion with J.D. Wise, former Wisconsin Badger, who grew up in Milwaukee. So he's got the actual perspective on this, and he kind of echoed that same th- those same thoughts. Where if you're within the state borders, it's all about Madison. Like your parents will throw you a party if you decide to go to Madison. Your parents <laughs> will give you a pat on the back if you go to Marquette, and that's just or any of the other schools in the state. Unfortunately, that's just kind of how it is and i don't see that changing anytime soon unless wojo really goes out of tear of of epic proportions here yeah which i mean yeah you know i mean shark i I hate to break it to you man but we had this exact taylor used that exact same comparison like two three weeks ago i'm sure he's going to use it again in the future but i I feel like i'm having deja vu over here as long as it's still accurate then yeah i'll still use it so yeah uh, big win there for Marquette. Let's move on, though. Kentucky losing to Georgia Tech. Uh, I was about to say Georgia State, but Kentucky losing to Georgia Tech off to their worst start in, I don't know, I think decades, right? Uh, Olivier Sar- Shark, I'm going to allow you to two-step a little bit because I did think that this was a big-time transfer for Kentucky. I did pick Kentucky to win the SEC. I'm not jumping off the boat just yet. No point in being reactionary. But last week of the three top 10 teams that went down, I think I had said Virginia had the most to be concerned about after losing to USF. And then they actually had a tough game. I forget against who, but it seems like Kentucky out of those three that lost last week uh, looks the worst and including Devin Askew. But I'll let you two-step on Olivier Sar. I don't even really feel like two-stepping. It's just I didn't understand the hype when the frail, soft, big man on a terrible Wake Forest team decides to transfer up to a tougher league or not a tougher league, but a tougher, a more high stakes, competitive uh, big man side of things. So I I never saw the hype for it. People were acting like, you know, it was getting landing Mac McClung or something like that. And wasn't even close to it in my opinion. And, you know, he's, he's just another one of those big lanky Kentucky guys that will catch alley-oops and uh, be signed lucky to sign with a D league, like Scal Labissier just did. 
So, yeah, I mean, I, he, he hasn't performed very well yet whatsoever. Taylor, did you have any thoughts from this loss uh, that, that Kentucky suffered to Georgia Tech? Um, well, I don't think, despite the fact that uh, some of us in here took Kentucky to win the SEC, I think we all understood that this Kentucky team wasn't a like normal quote unquote Kentucky team that was going to have all of this upper end talent, upper echelon talent and run through everybody. I think we all kind of thought that they were going to struggle to start the year. So is it surprising to me that they lost by 17 to Georgia tech? Yes. Is it surprising that they're start struggling to start the year? I don't think so at all. You referenced it last week and I always hate when I miss an opportunity to, to, uh, to reference the, uh, the Calipari kids speech that he gets to do or that he does every year. These are just kids, you know, but I think we might be a little bit past this, this point where you can't be losing by double di- double digits to Georgia tech. And, and they got no- Notre Dame coming up as well. Uh, so uh, uh, an improved Notre Dame team over last year, at least uh, I'm not predicting a loss necessarily, but it's not like the schedule gets all that easier right away for them. And, uh, you know, they, you only got a handful of games before SEC play starts now. So I got to disagree with you. I definitely thought, and the people that I read or read, they said that this Kentucky team was just going to be like every other Kentucky team from from previous years. They might, I mean, they're they're loaded, they're talented. Ask you, BJ Boston. I mean, I I couldn't stop hearing about BJ Boston, but I mean, Devin Askew has not been very good, and he reclassified. So a lot of people are saying. Hey, he's just too young. He should have stayed in, in high school. Uh, BJ Boston has been a little a bit underwhelming. Also, Olivier Saar, obviously, we've we've touched on. So, but I still don't think that the expectations were lower for Kentucky. Again, from who I read, so I think this is a bit troubling now for Calipari because you had mentioned the kids thing, and he goes through this every year. They lose one or two one or two games, but they're to Kansas in Madison Square Garden. They're to Duke, right? They're they're to these you know UNC. They're to these top ten teams, and the kids are just getting their feet wet. Georgia Tech is inexcusable. Last week I went off on Josh Pastner and how he's just stealing money. Somehow he's still employed. And you know what? This win probably extends Josh Pastner somehow beyond this year. Good for Josh Pastner. Such a, such a thief. But uh, I was, I mean, you can't, inexcusable to lose to Georgia Tech. Well, Shub, I did tell you that Georgia Tech wasn't that bad, though. I mean, they're, they're bad. I think, I, I think this well, is they're, an embarrassment. I don't think they're that bad. Uh, I don't, Alvarado's a pretty good point guard. That's not a bad team. Didn't they get bodied by two non-power teams? Yeah, I mean, yeah. So they started they started slow, and then they they went and beat Kentucky. But I, they're not they're not terrible. I'm, I'm telling you, Georgia Tech's not bad. Georgia Tech may not be bad. Josh Passner's terrible. Yeah. Can we agree well, on just, that? I mean, can, can you just? Can, well, I don't think Josh Passner's terrible either. I think he's. I mean, they recruit pretty well. I think they're a pretty good team. Don't sleep on Georgia Tech. You reference the stuff that you were reading. Let me tell you something. I read the Athletic. All right. I read the Washington Post. You going to challenge me on that? Georgia Tech. Well, all right. Well, I don't know. Maybe I don't know if you'll find this in in there. But uh, you know, for what it's worth, they did lose. Kentucky did lose lose to Evansville just last year at home, and followed that up with a literal have to score six points via free throws in the last minute to beat Utah Valley the next week. So we have maybe seen this a little more than even even you were referencing there. So I. I don't know. I, I I always say when this happens that I this is the year that Kentucky isn't as good as their preseason hype would be. And then it's kind of like Michigan State happens every year when we do this as well. 
where then you look up and you're like, oh, well, look who's winning the SEC. Or look yeah. who's winning the Big Ten. You know, I, I, I love all of the, I love the upset. I want them to be, you know, for this to happen. Unfortunately, a lot of the times it's kind of an empty upset because then that, that the actual good team still ends the season at the same place that they were predicted to, to be. Yeah. But it's awesome to see initially at least. And oh, I, yeah, I, think 100%. 2000, I think it was 2012, 2011, last time they were in the NIT with Nerland's Noel, but even Noel got hurt and then they just packed it in. They didn't care about their first round NIT game against, I think it was Robert Morris. Uh, but yeah, Kentucky struggling out of the gate. Speaking of Kentucky, former Kentucky coach, Rick Pitino getting his first win back here in Division One basketball at Iona. Taylor, any thoughts on on Slick Rick getting back in the game, getting a win? I don't know if I have a lot of thoughts on it other than it's just notable uh, as kind of our maybe narrative on this program over the years has been how just worthless the NCAA is where you just get kicked out of college basketball and then within three years you're already back coaching winning games again. I guess that's my only thought. It is notable that Rick Pitino is coaching Iona um, and because nobody would care about this if it wasn't Rick Pitino. Uh, I don't know if I have any more thoughts than that other than it's just notable, I guess. Yeah. I have a thought. Nice transition there by you, Sub. That was pretty good. You took Kentucky. You looped that in. You tied it to Pitino. That was nice. Good for you. Congrats to Rick, but good for you. So I actually want to go back to your thoughts about reading the athletic and WAPO. I thought you were going to say that in the athletic and WAPO, they were saying that Kentucky wasn't going to be that good. You just wanted to reiterate for the umpteenth time that you are a subscriber. Is that right? Exactly. Did you read anything about Kentucky in them? (laughs) No. Frankly, I have not read any piece regarding Kentucky basketball or Georgia Tech basketball within the athletic or the Washington post. I just read those two um, periodicals. I know we don't usually like to give live updates during a a recording of an episode. It's silly, but you had mentioned you're watching the Colorado Tennessee game. And what just popped into my mind was the big man matchup down low. You got the folk man versus Evan Beatty, two distinctly different body types. But do you know who's who? Do you have any eyes on who's winning that matchup currently? I know uh, Tennessee's up forty-five thirty-seven. Uh, that matchup, honestly, he's kind of beaten up. Fulkerson's playing all right. Not his typical game. Folky's getting, you know, he just had a free throw where his legs were. His legs aren't there yet, so we got to get those. He nearly airballed the free throw, uh, airballed the three earlier in the game as well. So this guy's kind of. You know, r- running the football a little bit against Folkers- Folkerson here, loosening up the line of scrimmage. But f- we're just much better athletically, and we don't know how to play against the zone yet. We'll get through this game. A little nervous at the start of the second half, but the path towards a national championship is still there. All right. Let's go ahead and look at some of the other games to watch upcoming this week. We alluded to this earlier, but URI, they go to Wisconsin. Uh, the A-10 is having a nice little start to the season. Now, uh, Richmond ranked, and we'll get to one of their games as well. But URI going into Wisconsin, I, you, Shark, you said that you you wouldn't want to be a team playing Wisconsin uh, right after that loss. I think Wisconsin's going to win, but I do think it's going to be a lot closer because URI plays these teams tough, uh, and they've shown that already this year. I think they can go in and compete with with Wisconsin. Wisconsin will ultimately win, though. Uh, Taylor, any thoughts on Rody Wisco? No, I'm completely on board with you there. As we kind of said earlier, Wisconsin hasn't played anybody yet this year, uh, and they lost to the only team that they isn't anybody. 
Rhode Island's been decently tested coming into this game. They started the season with ASU, a close loss. Uh, Sharks BC or <laughs> BC Golden Eagles. They played them earlier in the year. Ooh, uh, US- Golden Eagles. Or just Eagles. Excuse <laughs> me. Excuse me. The Eagles. I'll the Eagles. Odd. Excuse me. That was Marquette. You still had Marquette in your. In yeah. Your- sorry. Plus, plus, I'm about to read off University of South Florida, which also is golden. There's a lot of gold in here. Okay, a lot of gold. Um, anyway, uh, they played San Francisco, which you guys talked about last week. Just beat Virginia. Just beat uh, Seton Hall as well. So uh, this team has been tested, and uh, the matchup that I'm looking for in this game is uh, is the three-point line. Rhode Island is only giving up 30% uh, from the three-point line on defense. Uh, that's the only good defensive stat they have. Uh, Wisconsin shoots 39% from the, from the three-point line, so that's probably going to be the deciding factor in this game. I would love to see Dimitri or I would love to see Fats Russell put this team on his back and carry them to a win if possible. So that point guard matchup is going to be a lot of fun. Shark thoughts on URI Wisconsin. Yeah, I think it's Wisconsin's favored by nine and a half points. So they're definitely expected to win URI kind of like what they've been doing where they, you know, they'll just play anyone anywhere pretty much if there's a, if there's a tournament, uh, and someone drops out URI is like that guy just ready to show up They're mercenaries ready to be anywhere. Uh, so I respect them for doing it. Um, but I, I personally think a guy like Fats Russell will struggle against a team defense that culture that Wisconsin instills each year. They're probably going to throw a variety of guys at him. Uh, you know, he's, he's an electric enough player where he can light up the scoreboard a little bit, but he's going to be seeing a lot of Demetri Trice, a lot of Brad Davison taking charges on him, and it's going to fall in the supporting cast to make some shots for them to stay within the number. Rhode Island and Notre Dame are very much the we want Holyfield type of guys. Do you see Mike Bragan on Twitter saying, like, this is not a drill. Someone play us. I want you. You know, Rhode Island, you could also make the cases like that fringe guy, you know, whenever they get the call, hey, you want to come over? You're pretty much our last guy and we need some beer. Can you bring like a 30 and, and a handle and we'll actually allow you in? Rhode Island seems like the fringe guy to me, if that's a fair comparison. Um, okay. <laughs> an, important, an, an important guy within the group though, even well, if he's the French guy. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's there to be, I mean, you go to the bullpen and, and he's just reliable. So, I mean, yeah, he's, he's an arm, he's an arm, you know, just a bullpen arm. You, you can get two innings out of him, the fifth to the sixth and fifth to the seventh inning. When you're down by four on the road, you, you throw this guy in there. He's the guy when you're at, at dinner or out at, at the bar, and you say, all right, guys, how do we want to do the checks? Do we want to split it? And he's just like, I got it, guys. I got it. You can just Venmo me. Venmo me ne- tomorrow or next week. You know, I got it. Let me take care of this. So you uh, are right. Good on you. Thank you for giving us games. Uh, the Hauser Bowl. Let's look forward to this. University of Virginia versus Michigan State. Uh, that's really all I got is that Joey and Sam Hauser got to square up against each other. I'm going to take Michigan State in this game. Virginia really has struggled the past couple of games, and uh, no surprise, it's been their offense, really. So I'm going to take Michigan State, who's already got a great win over Duke. Uh, Shark, thoughts on Sparty versus the Cavs? I'm glad you brought this one up, Father, because let's educate the audience a little bit. Last episode came out. um, You came to me. You called me into your office sat me down and said, hey, Shark, I need you and Taylor. We want to start getting into some gambling picks. We want to get into the gambling space and see what we can do. You said, Shark, go out there, get me three picks for this week. 
Obviously, don't do them on Tuesday. This, we're recording this on Tuesday night. That's when all the great games were. You probably should have thought of that when we were talking about it, but you didn't. But we'll look past that oversight. So I went into the lab. I went into my film room. I sat down. I crunched the numbers. You know, I ran my system. And this game jumped out at me because as I sat here and I looked at the point spread, and for the listener right now, you're listening to this Wednesday morning. This game is tonight. I think it's around 9 p.m. Somehow, UVA who's going to overtime with bums, who's losing at home, is favored by one and a half points against Michigan State, who's undefeated, who has wins against Duke. And you got to be, and this is when your, your antenna should be going up. I mean, why is that the case? This is what the, one of the affectionate things I used to call the stink line. This line stinks. There's something fishy about this one. So the, the sheep is going to walk in and say, oh, my God, Michigan State's 5-0. and UVA stinks. They can't shoot threes. I got to pick Michigan State. And Subi being the sheep right here. That's a sheep pick. He sees that they're underdogs. Uh, they're getting one and a half on the road. We even know there's going to be no fans there. And he picks them. The sharp or the shark is going to see the strangeness of this. So my pick, my first pick, and I'll, I don't know how you want to break down the rest of these picks going forward, is going to be UVA minus one and a half Wednesday night against Michigan State. They're, this team, it's Hauser, yeah, but they got this Huff guy too. I knew that's your boy, Sue. Huff, he's huge. I mean, he gets buckets, yeah. and they play great team defense, and then they have kind of their scorer who they've been relying on a good chunk to create shots is this Trey Murphy. So, I mean, Michigan State struggled since their win against Duke. They almost lost to Detroit Mercy at home. They're, they're kind of getting in trouble left and right. Michigan State, <laughs> shaky. Shaky with that line. My pick's UVA. So a few things to unpack here. Number one, Kihei Clark is my boy. Jay Huff, I'm, I'm whatever on. Number salt. two. I was thinking of salt. Salt. You were, <laughs> yeah, Jack yeah. Salt was my boy. Uh, number two, you did completely hijack the, uh, the, the segment for for gambling picks and you know what i'm not going to let you ruin it i'm still going to go as planned but thank you well, for I'll, your say, pick. I'll save my other two for that just you, take everything i just did right now and just remember that when we go to the, that segment later on. all right i'll put it in some tupperware let it let it jiggle in the fridge a little bit uh number three is oh, damn what was i going to say number three oh oh wouldn't wouldn't you describe yourself as a as a sheep when you're just going along with what vegas is telling you no the sheep doesn't no 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 the sheep doesn't recognize what vegas is doing the sheep falls for it the sheep hears a noise and starts going to follow the noise the sheep listens to the shepherd and the shepherd says go over here and they follow the shepherd the shark or the sharp is thinking what what's this angle on the sheep the shepherd over here that's what i'm doing uva Taylor, thoughts see, on? Yeah, I think um, I think this is I I think just this just sounds like a guy who only bets favorites is what I'm. That's what I'm gathering from this right here. That's that's all I got. Um, I don't have much different thoughts than than Shark in the sense that I was also very surprised uh, at the line um, that Vegas had drawn up for this game. I don't I don't think it makes me a sheep to disagree with uh, Vegas in this situation. I would definitely put a little more credence into this line if there were fans and whatnot, and if Virginia hadn't just lost to USF last week. So um, I would be picking Michigan State personally, um, and I guess that that makes me a sheep for picking the underdog on the road. We'll have to come back to this then next week. Uh, Lone Star Shootout, Texas at Baylor, big-time game, top 15 matchup. Texas Maui champions – 
riding a very high wave. They have the Illinois game under their belt, or Baylor has the Illinois game under their belt. Let me tell you why I'm picking Baylor, though, in this game. Outside of the fact that they're very talented and very good, outside of the fact that I still am am very apprehensive on Shaka Smart, despite such a fast start. One time, nice rhyme, nice rhyme. Uh, I'm going to go with Baylor because of their director of basketball operations. I was looking at their roster to do a bit of research, and people talk about Jared Butler. You know, you can talk about uh, Flo Thamba. You could you could talk about all the the talent, but I want you to focus on the director of basketball ops. It's Aditya Malhotra, a fellow Indian. So that's why I'm going with. And you know what? I, I mispronounced his name to to try and make you guys feel more comfortable. Aditya Malhotra. That's how you do it. I'm going Baylor in this game. Shark thoughts on this game. Can you run back that correct pronunciation to us again? That sounded beautiful. Aditya Malhotra. I'm glad. Let's stay to the true dialect and the pronunciation of how it was intended to be. I believe in that as well. Uh, I I will also pick Baylor. Baylor, I don't know what the spread is, so this isn't one of my picks, but you know what Texas obviously has been on TV a lot. People are getting paying a lot of attention to them. Their game against Villanova on Sunday was a great game and you're able to see kind of the the attitudes and the role that certain players will play for good teams and i saw that with courtney ramey i mean that guy was hitting big shot after big shot he's getting in people's faces he takes makes some terrible mistakes as well and that's gonna have to come with some culture coaching but shaka's got him on the right path the patience seemed to worked out for texas um and we'll see how it works against a really great defensive team uh in baylor you know i'm always a person that is uh kind of upset when coaches get let go early um I think that you have to give them time to roll in and kind of get comfortable, create an attitude and and all that type of stuff. I was definitely right on the edge of Shaka Smart's time here. Uh, If he can, if he can, he doesn't even need to win this game for his job to be, I think, you know, kind of safe given what he's already done this year, uh, unless they go on some kind of five game skid at some point. Um, You don't look for moral victories, obviously, but uh, this is probably you know, one of the, if not the, is this the biggest game of Shaka Smart's career? I'd still put the UNI tournament game over that. Okay. Or, uh, regular yeah, season. Uh, sure. Uh, yeah, sure. So, uh, I mean, if he wins this game, then they'll probably extend him before the year's over, right? So, I mean, it, it's amazing how much things can shift over like a three to five game span. I still anticipate Baylor winning this game, uh, but Texas is definitely, and my boy, my boy, Barrow Alaska's Kamaka Hepa. Uh, so I got to maybe support Texas on this one just from that fact alone. If we're going for ties that don't have anything to do with the actual game on the court, you got the director of basketball ops. I got my Alaska boy. So let's. I'll, I'll, I'll root for Texas, but I, Baylor's going to win. Well, neither neither Hepa or Malhotra are going to see the floor, so that I mean, that that also works. But uh, there's going to be some freak athleticism in this game too. Greg Brown, Macy Oteague, I mentioned Jared Butler. These guys are. I mean, both of these teams have some freak athletes, so that's going to be a fun game to watch. And then, last but not least, we had touched on one A ten team in Rhode Island. Let's talk Richmond at West Virginia. This one I I toiled with. I'm a big believer in Richmond. They already have that win in Rupp, but now you start to think, is Kentucky really that good? Uh, versus West Virginia, who I'm very bully on, who I picked to win the Big 12. That being said, I'm going to take 
the Richmond Spiders in this game going into West Virginia uh, and and picking off Huggy there. I, th- I feel like West Virginia always is due for one of these type of letdown games after they perform very well, and it w- there'd be no shame in losing to Richmond. Uh, just going off feel here, though. Spiders versus Mountaineer Shark. Any thoughts? I lean towards West Virginia as well. Again, I, I don't have the point spread. What, what, that game's on Wednesday night as well. I right? don't know. I couldn't tell you. Yeah. Sunday. Yeah. Sunday. I mean, sun, is it Sunday? Perfect. Got something to watch there. Um, I'll have to look at the, what the line is because if it's any – I like Richmond a lot, but I think that there's a little bit of hype with them. Obviously, the, that Kentucky win looks a little – fraudulent at this stage in the season but richmond is also still very talented so i'd like to see what that line is west virginia is tough and they they got a scorer on their team this year as well what's it mcbride uh, is that his name did i mess up his name the, the guard yeah i forget his name um uh, but uh, I'll, I'll pull it here in a second but he, he he looked pretty good uh in their game against baylor so yeah i like west virginia i like both teams yeah, I, I, I in the game against is Gonzaga, I think is what you're oh, referencing. Yep, that, that, yep yeah, my bad. Baylor, um, Baylor, but, Baylor, Illinois was that night right after. Yep, yeah, yep, no worries. Um, I'll take West Virginia too because if your only loss this season is to the number one team by five points coming down to the wire, you're going to need to get show me a reason why I should pick against you if that's the only reason to pick against you. So I'll roll with West Virginia uh, just kind of specifically because we don't know a ton about Richmond given the fact that uh, Kentucky may or may not be as good as we originally anticipated them to be. So a lot, your... lot of good games. A lot of good games coming up here um, this week, so be on the lookout for those. Now let's get to our gambling corner here. Last week, this is a show that is open to any and all feedback. So if you're a theater goer listening right now, tweet us, DM us, do whatever the hell you want, but we're open to feedback. And I want to give a big shout-out to Brian Peretta, Longtime listener, day one. We I don't think we've ever given him his props and acknowledged him as one of our best listeners. But Brian Peretta on Twitter basically said, "Hey, for the degenerates that love gambling, uh, can you give us some picks? Can you give us some gambling picks?" Now, if you know me, you know me. I'm very pure. I'm an innocent boy. I don't gamble. But these two, impure, uh, you know, they they gamble. They'll give you their gambling picks. And so this is a segment I like to call. Gambling and Griswolden. Have you ever seen Vegas Vacation? Neither of uh, you guys yeah. seen well, Vegas Vacation. I, I, I have not. I have not. Saw it a long time ago, along with a lot of other people. Well, a lot of people are watching Christmas Vacation right now, which is a fantastic film. But Vegas Vacation is the best one out of that series. Please trust me. Clark Griswold uh, keeps going back to the same blackjack table. And loses, loses, loses all of his money. Uh, so we're going to be calling it gambling and Griswold. And hopefully you guys can give the theater goers uh, the opposite advice or better advice so that they don't lose all their money. Shark, go ahead. Here's an idea. Why don't you give me half the money you were going to bet? And we'll go out back. I'll kick you in the nuts and we'll call it a day. Yeah, so just Sue put my initial lead in uh, in the Tupperware earlier in this episode, and we put it in the fridge. Just take it out right now, put a little Frank's hot sauce on it as well, and just kind of play that back about why we started this in the first place. And he's right, you know, the gambling side of it. We like to throw picks out every once in a while. Um, he also mentioned something about Christmas movie, completely unrelated to this topic, but 
underrated Christmas movie. And frankly, one of the best ones might be Bad, Bad Mom's Christmas. I love that movie. That's a great film. It is. Um, okay. Sorry about that. But anyway, so my picks. So obviously, I gave out that UVA one, Stink Line. Uh, the sheep are on the other side. I'm all over UVA. There's another game on Wednesday night. It will be happening in Tallahassee. It's Florida State, Indiana. I'm on Florida State. That line is minus two and a half for whatever reason. You might get it minus three. Now you're say, Shark, you just said that there's a stink line. Why is the line so low? Well, I think that there people actually think Indiana's pretty good. Indiana beat the beat the skin off of Providence in a game and then turned around and lost pretty bad to Texas. Uh, I, I believe one of the guards on Indiana is a little banged up as well, uh, and he may not be playing. Uh, let me get his – not sh- quite sure his name, but I read that somewhere in my research here when I was in the lab. And then Florida State, they've only played like two games, and they're returning You know, MJ Walker. They have a fr- five-star freshman in Scotty Barnes. Um, they're going to be able to throw a variety of different folks at Dale Davis's kid that are long and are going to bother him a lot. And I think three, two and a half, three, you know, whatever it is, I think that's not enough for a Florida state team that hasn't been tested yet. And is eager to get forward and put, put a good performance against a solid, uh, power five team. So Florida state minus three. You got any others? I do. But here's the problem with this. I was trying to throw another one on Saturday, so you can test me again there. Uh, those lines, I can't figure out how to see the look-ahead lines for that. Probably a lot is going to be dependent on how they play. So here's what it's going to be. I'm going to Florida State again, but here's what Florida State's doing. They're playing Florida. I'm taking Florida, no matter what. I want Florida, you know, ideally plus five, plus six. I watch Florida play. They're tough. They can throw a lot of different guards at you. Florida and Florida State played two years ago, and Florida State beat that living pummel out of them. Um, beat the skin off them, as I just said, regarding Indiana and Providence. So I think Florida comes back. Keontae Johnson, I watched him play against BC. Uh, that's just a man amongst boys. And I think he can pr- cause some problems for Florida State because he's so much thicker and stronger than a- what a lot of the Florida State guys would have. He's a great ball player. And then Florida, Florida, the Gators, can throw a bunch of guards at you as well. So I like Florida to get up and down and stay pretty tight with Florida State. If I had to guess, again, we're doing – I'm, I'm speculating on what the line would be. I think it'd be something from four to 10, but who knows? Uh, I'll, I'll follow up later on once we see the actual thing. You're going to have to tweet that out then just so we have it. Oh, uh, I'm telling you right now. It, yeah. If Florida is getting any points whatsoever and assuming Florida, I would like Florida state not to get blown out by Indiana, but I don't expect that to happen. Um, I'm going to be on the Florida side. You zig when they zag Florida state on Wednesday, Florida on Saturday. A sunshine, sunshine state bet right there. Taylor, any thoughts uh, in your gambling corner? Yeah, so we kind of already talked about this game as well. I feel pretty strongly uh, about URI covering at nine and a half. Or I, it looks like some some play, uh, betting sites have them at 10 right now against Wisconsin. So take that out of the fridge as well. You may have left that one out. Uh, we may have not even put that one in the fridge. So if it is still out, I'm rolling with URI plus 10, given all the reasons I previously said. Uh, Shark actually took one of my other ones. I'm also on Florida State tomorrow as well. I like them a lot in that game. But uh, I mean, I this is this is the biggest game in Titch history right here. We have two guys on. Uh, you can't like just play along and throw a bet. Like I know you're pure, and for the audience, the guy doesn't even play fantasy sports. He's such a loser when it comes to this stuff. But, like you don't actually have to bet this. Make a stance for once. So why don't next week? Why don't you throw some picks to us? Try it out. All right, I can do that. Yeah, this is the biggest game in Titch history. Tomorrow night, Florida State versus Indiana. 
Let it be known, by the way, that I don't play. I, I did play fantasy basketball. I don't play fantasy football because back in seventh grade, I didn't set my lineup and it, or no, I didn't even draft and it auto drafted Byron Leftwich for me. So I mean, it, it, it just sounds like it causes pain and turmoil for our, all of you guys. But okay, Florida State, Taylor, you're on them as well. Who else? I want to go back for a second. Who was that kicker a couple of years ago that was like, I don't play fantasy sports. I play life or whatever. Jay Feely. Jay yeah. Feely. Okay. yeah, that's he's a color, right. He's a color guy now. That's too. true. Yeah, I think I, I, I forgot for a second there. So um, I'm going to go. I'm not going to make a pick in this game, but I want the over in the Clemson-Maryland game tomorrow. Uh, that's set at 135.5. Um, the last nine of Maryland's last 10 games have gone and hit the over. Um, and uh, four of the last six games that Maryland and Clemson have played against each other have hit the over. Uh, so I'm going to go with the over in the Clemson and Maryland game, uh, especially because uh, each team or Maryland's averaging 84 points a game. Uh, Clemson's averaging 70. Uh, that would hit well over the uh, the number. Not that that just goes into that. That's just part of the factor. But uh, so I'm hitting the over of 135.5 in the Maryland Clemson game. And then in what is almost a pick 'em game, uh, the Xavier Oklahoma game, I'm going with Javier on that one. Um, they've already played six games this season against Oklahoma's only two. It's at Xavier. I I like the home team generally in a pick 'em uh, type of game. Um, not necessarily as important this year as we've discussed. Uh, my reasoning for this one is specifically because this is Xavier's seventh game of the season already in Oklahoma has played two. I like Xavier, especially coming off that Cincinnati this win this last weekend. So I'll take Xavier. That was gambling and Griswold. And thank you, fellas. A great first edition and guys like us, our group of people, we know who Zach Fremantle is. If you don't know who Zach Fremantle is though, for the call or casual guy, get on him. He's, he's awesome. I love Fremantle for Xavier. Uncle. There's gotta be some kind of, uh, can there be like an end of the year award for most picks? Correct. Can, there's got to be some kind of like uh, tracking that we must do on this, right? Here's what I'll do because I'm a big Excel guy because I'm pure and organized. I'll give you a spreadsheet and you guys just have to type it in. And then I can, I can make sure that you gotta, you guys gotta give me the line though. Um, just give me the line. What, what or the over under and then I'll I'll keep track of that. Yeah, we can we can revisit this. What's the so come up uh, as our point guard of the show, as our lead man, come up with some kind of uh, prize for the most picks correct this year? I think is that appropriate, Shark? Yeah, I don't care. It's just as long as he stops self-describing himself as pure. I mean, how about how about this? Instead of a prize for the winner, the loser has to like take the SAT or something. No, no, no. Would you guys do that? I'm not taking right. the S. I'm a grown man. All right. This is not a fantasy league. Might have to take the SAT. I mean, we could go, we could always go back to 15 minutes uninterrupted to lead the show. <laughs> That's good, actually. Yeah. I'll do that. Well, you'll <laughs> winner gets 15 uninterrupted minutes to lead the show. Yeah, I like that. Talk, talk about whatever you want. All right, perfect. Shout out to Brian Peretta once again for uh, this idea and introducing the gambling aspect. We probably should have done that in the first place, but uh, that was gambling and Griswold and Let's finish it up now with some segments. Uh, we want to remind you that we are brought to you by Dash Radio's Nothing But Net Channel and the Barnburner Podcast Network. Go ahead and subscribe. Let's start with This Week in Feet. Back in 2005, This Week in Feet, Billy Donovan picked up his 200th career win 
Uh, and it's kind of crazy to see where he's gone since then. He's now at, at the Chicago Bulls. He's played in the Western Conference Finals. He's coached arguably uh, a top 10 player of all time in Kevin Durant. He's got a MVP that he's coached in Russell Westbrook. So Billy Donovan this week in the 200th career win at Florida. I kind of underestimate how long he's been there or how long he was there. He started in 96. And by that time, that was uh, his 10th year in Gainesville left in 2015. But Billy Donovan, one of the best coaches that we have, uh, especially in college. And, you know, he does a fantastic job of looking and staying young. Billy Donovan looks the exact same as he did in like 2000. It looks like, uh, but yeah, this week in feet, Taylor, I will kick it to you now for some hugs. So I actually want to ask a question. I may have missed this on last week's episode because I had to miss the last five minutes of it. Have we talked about our favorite Christmas movies yet? No, no, we haven't. So my hug is going to be to the shark, actually, for what is a maybe the biggest win in five years in Washington football team history uh, against the Pittsburgh Steelers yesterday. I can just tell today that his, his demeanor is just so cheery. It's it's that's, that's three wins in a row for, for WFT there. And so that's my hug is to him. And then I want to ask, just pick one movie since it is theater in college hoops. We don't want to get to this too late as Christmas passes or, or you know, approaches, I should say. Shark, what's your favorite Christmas movie? Subi, what's your favorite Christmas movie? We're going to have the same answer. There's one answer. There's only one answer. It's Love Actually. Love Actually does exist. Still the uh, incorrect line. Whatever. You know what I'm talking about, though. So that, that's my pick. But I do want to thank you for the hug. It, it has been a really just a beautiful day. You know, life is good. The football team is rolling. Um, you know, it, I'm funny. I've been waiting for someone to call me out on this and – I guess I'll call myself out for someone to do the call out. But about three weeks ago, maybe a little bit longer than that, I announced on Twitter that I was going on a sabbatical from watching the football team and they haven't lost a game since that. So technically all these wins have happened while I was on sabbatical. Um, but I think that tweet's still sitting out there somewhere too. Someone wants to go get it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what, what a night. I mean, I was, I barely could sleep last night. It, it is one of the best wins I can recall in my fandom. To your point about the shark just being a more genuinely happy person, you remember a couple episodes ago I said Vegas just wasn't for him because he needs the chapped lips. He needs some adversity. He needs to be grizzled. He needs to be angry. This week, I mean, there's just he was he was giving compliments left and right. Literally said something glowing about each person. You can you're radiant. You're radiant, shark. Yeah, it's you know it's a, it's a great time to appreciate the little things in life. Be happy. What you know, you know, you know, so the most important thing that we have in life is time. I learned that from the movie about time, also a great movie. Um, and you know, what a time to have time. Write that down. You got any hugs for us? Yeah, I'm gonna throw a hug over to the Houston Cougars. Um, uh, one of my other teams, along with Creighton, they played on Sunday. Sampson was out with a COVID, his, his son. Kellen Sampson was out with COVID. Uh, they had two of their guards out. Um, I mean, they, their whole team is guards. So, uh, what, what was the guy that I'm some? Uh, I'm, I'm hurting myself. John Giroux, I think that's no, the he, played, he played. He played Sasser. Sasser was out, 
and one of their other freshmen was out. It didn't matter. They it was Quentin Grimes, the 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 Kansas transfer. All these guys are just tough. Um, they can score finally, and a team defense that they're that they've always had is electric. They can get up and down your face. They're losing on the road against uh, uh, South Carolina in that first half, and they still ended up covering the number, which was nine and a half. So they they can really clamp you down in their ability to score, which you know they've always just had the one guard in Rob Gray, and then the the guy the following year, I forget his name, uh, I think Derek Walker. I think we love was. going to the Rob Gray well, by the way. <laughs> I know, I, that really wasn't that awesome. He, well, just he was good. He was good in the tournament, though. He was good in the tournament, and he had a man bun too. So man bun, know, thank you. Not that certainly helps. Um, but yeah, I mean the rest of this team is tough, and I, I think to be able to win without your head coach and two of your better players, and um, you know, it shows the, the toughness they have. Hug for them. Let's stay in Texas. Sincere hug from me to Baylor senior guard. And we're going to go to the women's game, Didi Richards. I'm a little late on this, but Didi Richards returned to the court 38 days after she suffered a spinal cord injury in practice that briefly left her with no feeling or movement in her legs. Uh, terrifying prospect, but good to see Didi back on the court for a fantastic team in Baylor. So hug for you, Didi. Well, I didn't really get your Christmas movie answer. Was it also Love Actually? It's not. Uh, I'm glad you did, you, you did bring this up because I do love those types of movies where there's intersecting storylines and a strong, robust cast. And I also didn't necessarily appreciate how they portrayed Billy Bob Thornton or just America in general. In that, I mean, we just got a guy who's, who's like hitting on some assistant. Um, I will actually go... And right off the top of my head, I think I got to go for Christmases. It's huh. it's so underrated. It's and it's so funny. Vince Vaughn, and I actually dropped that refi earlier this week. But Vince Vaughn, Reese Witherspoon, go watch Four Christmases. Two more things. Would it make you guys feel better that I watched both Love Actually and The Holiday yesterday? Yeah, good. That's a good. That's a good day. Um, How are you doing? It's a Monday. Go to work. I sold the house yesterday. Fuck off. Okay. And I did that shit too. Okay. Um, can you drop my, your line one more time, Shark, about uh, the time deal? I already forgot. It was good. The, the, <laughs> what a time, time to have time. I wrote well, okay. Time. Okay. <laughs> okay. Because, because in, in light of that same sentence, my favorite Christmas movie is It's a Wonderful Life, which essentially that could be the tagline for that movie. That's good. I wish I had a little more time to uh, give my Houston pick because I forgot to mention that it was Caleb Mills that was out and he's the preseason AAC player of the year. And I, I had a few on Saturday, so that's that's on me. But so now yeah. you're contradicting yourself. You literally just said what a time to have time, and you just and you, you now go. I wish I had more time for that Houston pick. Well, that to be fair, that was before the football team won. So at that point, I wasn't. I didn't have this outlook that I currently have. I love it. All right. Thank you for listening. We will catch you next time here on Theater and College Hoops. Well, here we go.